people. Welcome to Strange Talk with Doc. Naturally, this is Doc speaking to you. I appreciate you listening in. And I just want to say thank you to each and every person who helped me make it to 100,000 plus downloads on TalkShoe. You can look me up on Google. You can find my information. You can reach out to me. You can ask any questions you may have, any suggestions that you might also have, any problems with anything that I may have said it that you want to debate. The phone number will be listed there. I'm live 9 a.m. every Saturday morning, Eastern Standard Time. And once again, before I start, I always like to tell people that I'm not here to kick any kind of knowledge to you. I'm not the most intelligent cat on the planet, but I'm no fucking dummy. I'm not here to tell you that you're wrong about a subject matter. I just talk about subjects that I find interesting that are going on in the world, be they politics, sports, entertainment, news. It does not matter. The only thing that I will never discuss, and I promise you I will never discuss on this show, is I do not gossip. I do not gossip about anything. I'm a man that is not this type of show. This is not a show where I educate you on one particular uh, idea or concept. So I just want to start off. We have a lot to deal with today. And, uh, you know, it's been a heavy Trump week. we got football. But today is Saturday. And I hope you're having a beautiful Saturday. The UFC has a very early card today on ESPN+. Hermeson is fighting Cannoneer. Both very good fighters. That should be an interesting fight. Khalil Roundtree is on this card. Ovin St. Pute is on this card. Alex Cowboy Rivera is on this card. So this should be a very entertaining card. If you have nothing else to do and you're not really into college football and you're going to be close to home, like I said, ESPN Plus, 11 a.m. is the prelims. The main event starts around 2 p.m. or 2 in the afternoon. I will be watching. If I don't get to it today, I'll be watching it and rebroadcast tomorrow. So I just wanted to give you a heads up on that. I'm into this last season of Power, and boy, Power is giving me a headache. Power is a horrible show. I don't know where they ran off the rails, but it has not been one good episode this year. And I'm not going to be one of those black guys who says that anything black is hot. So what? The lawyer got shot. This lawyer got shot, and now all of a sudden, it was he took it like a man. It was so gangster. It was bullshit. A dude shot up an apartment in midtown Manhattan with an AK-style rifle. Barely four cops showed up. The man who home it was, Ghost, he shows up at his own apartment after the shooting, but then they just let him leave. They don't even really sit down, take him to the box and talk to him. I mean, this stuff is definitely written by a monkey with a crayon. This is horrible, horrible broadcast television. Now I'm going to give you something that I find to be very good broadcast television. Wu-Tang Clan, the American saga, is fantastic. I mean, this is night and day from what Power's given us. Power's garbage, Wu-Tang's story. The backstory, and I appreciate these guys. I might have said this before, but I really appreciate them showing the warts and all. Things that they probably are not very proud of, they still put on display. They showed that they were human beings. They didn't keep it gangster throughout. You know, Ghostface family is is just like he described basically in his song. 
uh, there are bad things going on. There, he has brothers with handicaps. He didn't wash that away. He has a mother with an addiction. He didn't wash that away. People cry. People die. People get upset. People get angry, and they allow all these things to be shown. So Wu Tang Clan, I appreciate you for doing this. Because you could have kept it straight and acted like nobody was affected by anything, and that would have been bullshit. So this is good stuff. Uh, nine one one return TV show nine one one on Fox. Uh, it's all right. I mean, if you just want to zone out for an hour and watch a show, don't expect anything heavy. Don't expect even Angela Bassett to give you her a game as far as acting goes. But it's a good view if you like that type of thing. Now, what I'm looking forward to is in a day's view tomorrow on this weird-ass channel called Epic Television, which I don't even have, so I'm going to have to get this online, The Godfather of Harlem with Forrest Whitaker, where he'll be playing Bumpy Johnson, a legendary gangster from 1920s, 30s. Don't, don't, don't quote me on that. But he was down during a time when Dutch Schultz and guys like that were running the mob. So this should be very interesting. And you know Forrest always brings his A-game to almost every role he's in. So I definitely look forward to seeing that. SVU return. SVU is SVU is good. Uh, I think that they're on their last leg. But if you've been watching the show for 21 years like I have, you stick it out just to see where it goes, how it ends up. American Horror 1984. Slasher film. I'm a big fan of American Horror. I like the twists and turns. And right now, they got me confused about who's who and what's what. Why the hell is the night stalker taking a job at a summer camp when there's a a city full of people in L.A. that he can go murder? But I'm in there. This is us also returned this week. This is us introduced us to a shitload of brand new characters. Uh we got to see how this fits into the family dynamic. But it was good to see that there are new characters. They pulled on the emotional heartstrings as usual. This Is Us is outstanding television. I appreciate them, and I love the show. How to Get Away with Murder. Man. Uh, Mrs. Davis uh, brings it every single time on this show. It's a very good show. If you've never seen How to Get Away with Murder, I would recommend that you go all the way back to season one because you can't jump into this series at season two or three and think that you know anything because the Keaton Five, you need to know the whole story of how they got from where they are to where they are today. Uh, I can't wait to see how this series ends. This is also a show that's in this last year. So that's pretty much my entertainment wrap-up. I mean, there's some things out there. Uh, let me just skip over to this because we're dealing with entertainment. The Joker movie comes out, I believe, this week. And this Joker movie has people up in arms. They're very scared that, that there will be some kind of copycat-type killers because for some reason or another, they reworked this Joker story. It's not the traditional DC Joker villain story. You know, bad acid, boom, 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 he goes mad and starts attacking this cartoony, uh, Gotham City. This one, they're making it seem like he's been bullied, pushed, and pulled, and he's fighting back against society. And as far as I know that there's a serious mass murder scene in this movie, 
So they are very worried that things like this could possibly happen in this day and age, especially since people are always ready to do lunacy. And we have all these incels out there who think that the world is against them. Every woman is against them. Every man is against them. Corporations against them. Life's against them. There's a lot of mental illness going on and nobody's addressing it. But that's the day and age that we live in. Now, there's this guy on the Chicago Bears named Tariq Cohen. He takes a video inside the locker room. Now, this is after Antonio Brown, like two years ago, took the video of the coach talking in the locker room. And cell phones and social media are totally banned inside locker rooms and professional sports. And there's a reason for it. Because one of his teammates appeared on camera for 10 seconds fully nude. I mean, you got to know better. You got to be smarter. Do young people have to be so attached to their phone that every single thing they do has to be broadcast? Now, I understand it was a big victory and he was very happy about that, but he didn't even take the time of decency to check his surroundings. Now, I don't know how they deal with this because, uh, Mr. Long, Kyle Long, did not, I'm sure, want his penis out there for the world to see because he didn't post his penis. So why should somebody else have the opportunity to post his penis? So I feel bad for him. So, you know, you got, um, I. this is a personal story. And going back to social media, this week I had somebody actually report on a post that I put on my own Facebook page. They chose not to ignore it. They chose not to scroll past it, delete it. Even, uh, what do you call it? Facebook allows you to suspend somebody on your account for 30 days. But instead, they chose to go the direction of becoming a rat. They decided that it was better to tell the man. I am going to tell them that I don't appreciate the fact that you said something about someone And I didn't even say anything that bad. I didn't wish the person any bad luck. I didn't wish the person any ill will. I just used, I just said that I thought that the person was a piece of shit in my eye. Uh, And I was actually talking about a sports program. Uh, I was talking about Wally. And uh, I forget the fat guy that he does the show with right now on Fox. But I find them to both be very coony. And I don't appreciate them. And so I spoke about it. And uh, if somebody is on my Facebook site, my Instagram site, my Twitter site, and you find something that's offensive, come directly to me. You can discuss it with me and I'll explain every action that I have because I'm a grown man. I don't do things willy nilly. So I'm not scared to explain myself to you or anyone else, but to go behind somebody's back and say, teacher, boss. Blah, blah, blah. Mommy, daddy, this is how I, uh, please help me. I don't like this. That's childish and that's weak. I learned very early in my life not to be a rat. Anything that I've ever been involved with, I have never told on anybody. I have never ran and left anybody. I live by a man code. And matter of fact, next week, I want to address man code. So that will be a big part of my show next week. We will discuss Man Code, next Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Strange Talk with Doc, and naturally, Doc will be hosting the show.
We have a teacher named Shelly Scully. She works at John W. Dodd Middle School in Freeport, New York. And this woman obviously lost her mind, even if it was momentary. She lost her mind. She gave her class an assignment to write something funny about a picture of slavery. And she wanted, she made a demand that they had to make it funny because she didn't want to be bored. For anybody to look at a picture of people being subjugated to servitude and say, make something funny of this, it's cruel, it's inhuman, not only to those kids, but to the memory of those who suffered. And Miss Sully, I don't know how they dealt with her. I don't know. I think they suspended her. But she needs to uh, be sat down and told in no uncertain terms that this is unacceptable and this is to never be done again, that this is um, it's an abomination. And maybe this is the way she really thinks at home, but you know naturally what happens. The cover-up comes in directly. I got black friends. I don't normally do this. This was uh, a, a slip of judgment. I didn't mean anything by it. Yes, she did. When is anybody going to be a man or a woman in this society and actually say that the actions that I did, I meant, and I meant it at least at that moment. I might not mean it all the time, but what I said in that moment, I meant in that moment. But you can't find anybody on this planet who's willing to basically say, I own what I did. I'm an adult. I own it. You know, and it, that, that, that kills me. But I want to give a thumbs up to a Dan Price. He's a CEO of a Seattle-based company called Gravity Payments. I guess there's some kind of a cash payment program. I don't know. I'm just guessing. It's in, he opened up a new office in Boise, Idaho. And he promised that by 2024, all of his employees will make at the minimum $70,000. And so I appreciate Mr. Price. I appreciate the fact that he's going to have people at his office that he gave them something, an incentive to look forward to because his minimum uh, salary right now in that office is 40K. So these people will know that over the next five years, at the very least, that their raises will bump them up another 30,000, which will allow them the opportunity to have some kind of stability in their life, know that they'll be able to pay their bills, their car notes, their mortgages, feed their families, and maybe send their children to college. So something like that is a beautiful thing. This man took less pay off his CEO salary to make sure that this could happen. And I'm sure that office will fl flourish. I'm sure that office will be outstanding. He won't have to worry about a lot of things. I mean, life's going to happen and people are going to be knuckleheads. Life always happens. It happens every day. Nothing stops that circle of life from happening but for the most part and i'm sure this is going to be a sought after job i mean people are going to be putting their resumes in even from out of state and they say you know what the hell with it maybe i can make a life in boise idaho but good for him so we got this is very sad people very sad and i don't understand this and i talked about this briefly last week but Trump has some kind of plan that's going to cost over a half a million children in America to lose their summer lunches. 
You expect the child to be hungry, but to focus, study, and be the best that they possibly can be, that is impossible. When you are hungry, the only thought on your mind is defeating the hunger. You're not going to be thinking about geometry. History won't matter. Algebra will not matter. What in the hell is the matter with this first world country where we cannot feed our children? We throw away, I guess, millions of metric tons of food per year. Is there any corporation out there, any celebrities, any athletes, any actors who will just adopt each school and pay, make sure that these children eat? Every city has famous people who have come from the gutter and have made it to the tops of professions. And I'm not just talking entertainment. I am talking in general. Adopt a school. Adopt several schools. It won't cost you nothing. What is $100,000 to a multimillionaire? You make that back in your interest on your, on your, your money in the bank. But we got to feed our children. Our government has to do a better job of saying that children matter. Children are the future. Isn't that what they say? Children are our future. And it takes a village to raise a child. So the village of the world needs to feed the children, not just the American children, but the children of the world. I believe no person on this earth should go to bed without having the ability to have access to clean water and food and medicine. But I, I, don't, I wish I had the answer to that. I wish I had the money that a Bill Gates or Warren Buffett had. I wish I had the money a Rothschild had. And I would eradicate some things that I could get my, the ability to eradicate, I would eradicate them. Not on my watch would I allow it to happen. So we have, it's time to deal with Donald Trump. We know that we are going through this in impeachment process right now. Rudy Giuliani is a fucking clown. I mean, he's a clown. What he did to New York back in the day was criminal to begin with. So anybody who's ever lived in New York during that time knows that he has the ability to be as big a criminal as the criminals that he was prosecuting back then when he was hitting the Walsh, uh seaport area and he was trying to defeat the mob which he did a great job on. So I'm not going to say everything he's ever done has been bad, but he's a crooked man. He shows he's a crooked man. This thing with Ukraine, I one of the days I watched that um, director, the SEAL director, who is now the head of the uh, Department of Justice, do his uh, interviews or his testimony. And for a man who said that he had a lot of integrity, he wouldn't give a yes or no answer. He wanted to qualify and quantify everything that came out of his mouth. And sometimes he was told flat out, is this a yes? This is a no question. But he refused to answer in those terms. And Trump is so fucked up that he throws his own VP under the bus. He says, you know, why don't y'all investigate Pence too? Because... He had a couple of conversations with the Ukraine. Why would you even say anything like that? Why in the world would you even bring that up? Why would you bring Pence up, who stood by you, right or wrong? And he's also supposed to be a man of integrity, a God-fearing man. But he stood back and he's watched Trump divide this country. 
He's watched Trump say outlandish things. And he, for the most part, I really have not heard him try to correct, separate himself or anything, because he could have quite frankly said, you know what? I did the four years. I am not running on the ballot for vice president with this man again. My soul will not allow me because what does it profit man to gain the world but lose his soul? I see that's supposed to be the game that Pence is playing. His game is that he's worried about his soul. So if he's worried about his soul, you cannot be worried about your soul and run with the devil. It just cannot be done. I mean, this man is so confused and lost. He says that it's very sad that the Democrats and what the Democrats are doing to our country. They're dividing. They're belittling. They're demeaning our country. Now, this is quote unquote from Trump's mouth. Belittling. Dividing. Demeaning our country. What are those he has not done? He has divided this country where there is now a line where the comfortability level that we had with our white fellow Americans is not the same today than it was before 2016. He is out and brought more races out of the woodworks and out of the caves and tunnels than there have ever been in my lifetime. And I'm from Brooklyn, New York, where the Italians were bold-faced racists in New York City. I mean, out and out. You, you went in their neighborhood and Either you fought like a motherfucker to get out or you got a beat down. And anybody who's from New York during my time knows this to be true on Staten Island, Queens, Long Island, and Brooklyn. I mean, like, you didn't even go to fucking Bensonhurst and places like that because you knew it was going to be an all-out battle. But he is blaming somebody else for dividing the country when he's basically having neo-Nazi, white supremacists, rallies as often as he possibly can. He had a uh, special invoice to uh, Ukraine. Kurt Volker, he resigned yesterday. So even the rats are starting to jump ship on this lunatic because this is not looking good. And if they could do anything that details, derails, or slows down his lunacy train, even if it's just for a little while, I'm with it. So I applaud Pelosi. I applaud the Democratic Party. Uh, it was very late in coming. I wish they would have done this much sooner. I wish they would have done this a long time ago. But I guess you have to dot all your I's and cross all your T's to make sure that you have the right ammunition to go up against somebody who we supposed to be protecting a whistleblower. A whistleblower could actually work in his favor at some point in time during his presidency, but instead he wants to call a person a spy and say that they deserve the death penalty. I mean, I, everything with him is twisted logic. It's almost like when he talks, he's always talking about himself. When he attacks another person, he really is publicly attacking himself if you listen to him. He's never talking about anybody else. When he said that they're horrible, they're terrible, they're doing this, he's basically saying, I'm horrible, I'm terrible, I'm doing this, but I need to point that way. Maybe you'll get distracted because there's a lot of dummies in this country who are easily distracted. Then the fool and the White House sends their talking points to the Democrats by mistake. I mean, it's just been one 
hell of a week at the White House. It's been one hell of a week for Trump, you know. They sent out the email. Then he tells them to please disregard the email on Trump and Ukraine by putting it in a delete or special folder. But everybody's already got the email, you know. He meets up with the prime minister of India and had the nerve. I mean, just one thing, like I said, after another, he has the nerve to tell him that this dude was like the American version of Elvis. The last time that I looked, Elvis Presley is the American version of Elvis. Elvis is not from another country. He's not from another land. The man is from the South, Memphis, Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. So how could somebody be the American version of the American version? (laughs) You know? Then Trump has a battle with a little girl, Greta Thornburg. And congratulations, young lady, on winning like the mini Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, She's a a fighter for the uh, climate. I mean, she's already got her future set at the bright young age of 16. So I'm rooting for her to reach the height that she, I mean, even beyond what she can dream of her heights. I hope she exceeds that. I hope she climbs even higher than that. Because sometimes our dreams, we can exceed our dreams. And for her to already be in the public eye and not for something negative, not for something nasty, even though you don't want to fuck with this young lady, boy, she got a million mile stare. That's a beautiful thing to watch. And it saddens me that somebody has to look at the president of the United States with such venom, but the man brings out the worst in others. You almost have to pray yourself up that you don't stoop to his level. You know? So the Senate on Wednesday voted voted for a second time to block Trump's emergency declaration for funding for the border war. He wants to do it without congressional approval. This guy is special. He's beyond special. So he's got all this shit going on with him, and he's still worried about the wall. Me, personally, this is the way I look at the wall. Is that wall to keep South Americans out? Or that wall to lock our asses in? I don't know. I have not figured that out. Nobody's ever really discussed that. Is that wall to lock our asses into this country so that we are beholding to the United States government and the military and we have no way to escape? So that's just something to think about. So before I get out of here, I want to talk about some NFL football. But we get Antonio Bryant. Brown. You know, the Antonio Brown saga continues. He wants his money from the Patriots. He didn't quit. He didn't retire. He didn't do anything while he was a New England Patriot for that 10 days or whatever it may be. So they signed him in good faith. They should pay him in good faith. They owe him the money. He didn't do anything. Everything that he did pre was pre-existing before he put on that uniform. They let him put on that uniform. They let Brady throw him those passes. He was a teammate until they said goodbye. So they are beholding to pay him. If it was guaranteed money, I say pay the man his money. So Philly won. They beat Green Bay Packers in Green Bay, 34-27. Thanks for nothing, Green Bay Packers. It would have been really nice to send Philly to 1-3 and three 
and let my Cowboys be uh, two and a half games up. But you know what? The great Aaron Brady, who everybody um, can't stop slobbing over, he threw a interception late in the game uh, in the red zone, I believe within the five-yard line. You know what? I think that Brady, I mean, no, I'm sorry, not Brady. Brady's doing fine. I think that Rodgers is starting to be on a serious decline. And not to the point where he's not still way above average, but he's not at Aaron Rodgers' heights anymore. So I don't know. We shall see over the course of this year how this goes. So we have Tennessee. They play in Atlanta. In Atlanta. Oh, man. Can Atlanta be so bad that they actually lose to Tennessee? Uh, the I actually am going to go with Tennessee to beat Atlanta. Atlanta has a good offense, but they've shown me literally nothing this year. So I'm going to pick the Titans to beat the uh, Falcons, even though it's a road game. New England is playing Buffalo. The battle of the undefeated. Week three, can you believe I'm saying Buffalo still has not lost a game? Well, come Sunday, up in Buffalo, those idiot fans can do as many a pile drive as they want on tables. They're losing the game. Brady and that monstrous machine goes to 4-0 up in Buffalo. Well, enjoy the rest of the summer that you may have up there, people, because it's going to start getting dark, cloudy, and cold soon. Kansas City's going into Detroit. I have Kansas City rolling. I don't even know when Casey will lose, but it will not be this weekend. I don't care if they're on the road or not. Mahomes got that machine going. We got Oakland at Indianapolis. Indy holds serve at home. Bichette and those boys will beat Oakland. Oakland just is disjointed. I don't think they're a very good team. If they win four games this year, I think they'll be lucky. And this is not going to be one of those four games they win. The Chargers are going into Miami, and as long as they don't party all fucking night out at South Beach, the Chargers, and because they're from L.A., uh, South Beach shouldn't be uh, that shocking to the system. The Dolphins embarrassed themselves once again by losing and should be losing pretty handily. Even if Rivers is on a decline, he should be able to beat this team. You got Washington going into Jersey to play the Giants. Danny Diamonds, Danny Dimes, whatever the fuck you want to call him. I don't expect him to have the same kind of game that he had last week. This is division rival. There's a little bit of film on him. Maybe Washington will press on him. Uh, Gruden is playing and coaching for his job. Washington needs this win desperately. There's no Saquon Barkley. So I'm expecting a tight NFC East game. and a, But unfortunately, even for me, I think that the Giants are going to pull this one out at home. And that makes me sick to my stomach to say, but it is what it is. Cleveland is going into Baltimore. Cleveland is disjointed. Another one of those teams that haven't got it together, but Baker Mayfield can't shut the fuck up. He's all up in his feelings. He's all over with. Social media going back and forth with this one, going back and forth with that one when he needs to just focus on football. I'm not saying shut up and play. No, that is not my deal. I can't tell a brother to do it. I am not going to tell Baker to do it. But I think his focus is all over the place, and I don't think that's good for him, and I don't think it's good for his team. Let's see if this offense that everybody was so 
hyped up about ever gets it together. But the Ravens are too good a team. I think Ravens will win this game at home. Carolina is playing the Texans in Texas. In Texas. Uh, that Kyle guy is not going to repeat. They cannot continue to beat Christian McCaffrey into a ground. So I got the Texans winning at home. Tampa Bay Bucks are playing the Rams in L.A. Rams win this game handily. Jamie's will be Jamie's. I mean, he couldn't beat the Giants. No way in the world he beats the Rams. He probably turned the ball over two times on interceptions and once on a fumble. So this will be an easy victory. You'll probably get tattooed by Donald two or three times. So I don't even see this being a, a, a decent game. Seattle's going into Arizona. I like Kyler Murray a lot. But I believe that the Seahawks are a decent team, and the Seahawks will beat them. Arizona is one of those teams that might be like almost in every game all year, but they'll find a way to lose because they're not winners as of yet. The Vikings are going into Chicago. The Vikings are like one of my spoiler teams this year. If that running game with Cook continues to run like that, you got Thielen, who's a beast. That defense in Minnesota is pretty damn good. Chicago pretty much is all just defense, unless Trubisky has a blowout game here or there. But I have to take the Vikings on the road in Chicago. Jacksonville is playing the Broncos in Denver. This is a who-gives-a-fuck game. I mean, I really don't care. But since it's on the schedule and it's in front of me, I got to pick one team. I'm going to say Denver holds serve at home. Uh, I don't I don't like either one of the offenses, but I do like the kid for Jacksonville, Mishu. I think that he's got I think he's got a set of balls on him, and he has that I don't care attitude right now. So I kind of like his swagger, but I don't think that he has a lot to go with it because Fournette to me is is a waste of space. He is not what he should be. As big as he is, I, I expected a lot more out of him this far in his career, and yet and so far he's been a disappointment. Now, I don't even know who Denver really has on that team. They might have Sanders still, but I expect the Broncos to at least be able to win at home. Then, Sunday night football, you got my Dallas Cowboys going into Louisiana, New Orleans, to play the Saints with Bridgewater instead of Breeze. So I'm going to definitely take my Cowboys to win this game. I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. You got to deal with Kamara. You got to deal with Thomas. They're no bums. But the Cowboys are fully loaded. Everybody's healthy. Quarterback, wide receivers, tight end, running back. And the Cowboys put themselves uh, a little behind the eight ball by having guys like Lawrence talk shit. So it's stand up or shut up. Especially on the defensive side of the ball, I expected, even though the Cowboys are 3-0, and I expected the defense to be a little bit more lights out than it's been. Uh, Iwuzie, Jones, Lawrence have really given me nothing so far this season. It's all been on Prescott. And uh, last week in the second half of the game, Zeke ran that ball hard. But I expect the Cowboys, like I said, to pull this one out. Monday night's game, you got... The battle of the AFC, uh, what is the AFC North? Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at home versus the Cincinnati Bengals. 
both teams so far, big disappointments. As we know, Pittsburgh does not have their starting quarterback. Roethlisberger is out. But Cincinnati does have their starting quarterback, and the Red Rifle has been a disappointment. Cincinnati has just been a disappointment for about 15 years, even with all the games they won and the amount of playoff appearances that they've had has not been very good. They've never made anything out of it. They never won a playoff game. So I'm going to say because this is an interdivisional rival game, maybe Connor and uh, Juju Schuster-Smith will have blowout games because they have not had one as of yet this season. I expect Pittsburgh to hold serve at home, so I got the Steelers winning this. Well, this is a Strange Talk with Doc, and I appreciate you listening. I appreciate each and every one of you to help me go over 100,000 downloads on TalkShoe and TalkShoe alone. I'm not even talking about the other sites that this show was on, like iTunes and Spotify. And I'm on like 15, 20 sites. But on TalkShoe, the one that you can call in and be a part of this broadcast, which I would hope that you would do, that you would come in and you would leave me a message you leave me suggestions. If you have a product you like to plug, come on. It won't cost you nothing. All it will cost you is for you to talk about your product, and I will give you the room, the space, and time to do that. The only thing I would ask you to do is that did you put it on your social media that you're appearing here, and then we will be discussing it. But I'm going to say, like I said, all the time before I get out of here, peace, people. Peace to you and peace to yours.